Bertha Charuma on SAFM. Yes, it is a night talk and our guest is online. I can see there's a uh, there's a WhatsApp that just come through to say your total bias is very unprofessional. I think let's not call it bias. I'm here as a, uh, what do they take, call me? I'm almost like a caretaker. Um, the lines are opened. If you would like to voice, you are absolutely welcome. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Or you can send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. I think it's only fair that we, we engage. That's the whole idea of the show. We engage and we try to see all the different views. It's so easy, even for me, to come from maybe my, you know, from a certain background and my voice could just tip just a slightly to the left instead of the right. And if you want me to see your view, your tipping to the left, absolutely welcome. Let's do this together and let's let's talk about it. But uh, introducing our guest tonight, Dr. Oscar van Hirten, international relations expert. Um, good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening, Bertha, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you so much for making time for us this evening. You know, we thought maybe we could take a slight angle in looking at this particular um, issue in terms of, I think, South Africa has stepped up. Um, uh, The supporters of Israel um, feel differently. What's your take on what has transpired thus far? You know, Bertha, I was listening to the introductory remarks and I, and I have to clarify something which is really important. I don't think that uh, the South African government and the governing part of the ANC is doing this because of, I honestly don't think that is the case. Um, you know, the Western Cape, for example, uh, the overwhelming majority of the Western Cape citizens have always voted for the Democratic Alliance. Hence, the DA is uh, firmly in charge of the Western Cape. Um, and of course, that includes a large proportion of so-called colleagues and, and indeed Muslim voting. Because as you know, there's also a large Muslim community within the Western Cape. So, so traditionally, they've always voted DA. I don't think the ANC uh, did this application to the International Court of Justice because they want to somehow garner votes in the Western Cape. And that's the first point. The second point is that the South African government, you know, has, has done this because of what is taking place in Gaza. Um, notwithstanding the atrocities um, that was committed by Hamas on the 7th of October uh, last year, where more than 1,200 Israelis were brutally killed. Um, the response of the Israeli government has not only been disproportionate, but according to the South African government and the ruling party of South Africa, it has been uh, genocidal in its nature. And that's why they decided to put this application to the world court uh, to say that uh, unless we act and act decisively, we might find a genocide on our hands. Which is uh, perfectly proper. And, and, and what do you make of Israel's arguments? Well, you know, it was, it was, it was rather um, uh, obvious that Israel was going to first and foremost 
use the argument of self-defense. Um, the problem with that argument, Bertha, is that ordinarily when you get attacked, when you are under attack, no one will argue or dispute the fact that you have the right to self-defense. The problem in this case is that you are, as the Israeli government, you are an occupier. You have occupied someone else's territory. Now, by international law, when you are an occupier, a settler colonial occupier, you have rights and responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is that you must protect the people that you are occupying, in this case, the Palestinians, on the one hand. On the other hand, the law says those that are occupied have the right to self-determination. They can fight the occupier, of course, within bounds. Uh, It's not a, a blank check. You can't go and indiscriminately start killing people. But you have the right to defend yourself. But equally, those that are occupied have the right to protest. They have the right to defend themselves. They have the right to demand their freedom. Um, And this is what makes the argument so complicated. I'm not surprised that in your introductory remarks, someone has already sent you a message saying your views are so biased. It's because we look at these things through two different lenses. Mm. There are those that are saying that Hamas attack on the 7th of October was supposedly anti-Semitic. If they want to kill all Jews, I think that is a, a stretch too far. Um, we've seen the arguments of Israel in the response to the South African government application that says that this is an anti-Semitic campaign by Hamas and by South Africa and those that support the application. I think it is unfortunate that anti-Semitism has been weaponized uh, like this because the truth of the matter is it is not about being anti-Jew. It is about being anti this particular Israeli government, which everyone agrees, Bertha, is extremely far right. Mm, Interesting to know. I think uh, let's just keep those lines open. That's 86 Or you can send us a voice note on 0614104107. This is a conversation that we are having. And um, my view may not be the same view. Well, I actually don't have a view as, as, as a facilitator of the conversation. I think let's actually let's just take that stand once and for all. Um, and if I do a little bit lopsided, if I sound a little bit lopsided, I mean, you have every right to say, I suspect you a little bit lopsided. I think let's look at it this way. And I'm open um, uh, to, you know, to 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 contest, uh, which is fair. I just received a WhatsApp from uh, Ruben Pelain Durban. Ruben, it'll be interesting to hear your views verbally. Because um, I think you really have a lot to say because he says, good evening, Bertha. Seems like you are biased by promoting uh, the Palestinian narrative. I am not on either side. I honestly feel that, you know, killing children, killing civilians, killing women is just not, no matter how much um, you feel you've been aggrieved, that's just not the route to take. And um, online, I do have my guest, Dr. Oscar van Heerden, uh, international relations expert, uh, who is chatting to us about um, this particular issue that has been making headlines for the past week. Uh, Coming back to you, uh, Dr. Oscar, 
do you think the arguments can stand for a ruling of genocide against um, against Israel? Yeah, you know, Bertha, it's a, I mean, I don't want to preempt uh, what the court will find. These are eminent jurists, True. internationally recognized jurists, who will obviously apply not only the law, but also the evidence that is produced. Uh, I think the bigger case is going to take a long time. Um, but let's look at the facts as we've seen it thus far. Yes, can uh, we? And what we've, what we've seen thus far is very serious statements that are being made by high Israeli government officials. You know, the argument by the, by the lawyer uh, that was uh, um, defending Israel to say that these are somehow just separate, in, you know, independent statements from individuals, unfortunately, that doesn't wash. It doesn't wash. When you are the, the, the minister of defense, when you are the prime minister of a country, when you are the president of a country, your statements matter. The, the things you say matter. That's why politicians are always so very careful of what they say and how they say it. So when the defense minister says, we are going to flatten Gaza, we are going to deal with these human animals, when the president says, uh, no one is innocent, all the people of Gaza is Hamas, when the prime minister invokes biblical texts that says because the Israelis are the chosen people, they must kill everyone and everything in their, in their sight, mothers, children, and so forth. These are statements made by Israeli officials whilst they are bombing, carpet bombing, a strip of land that, uh, as everyone by now knows, Bertha, is not very big. Um, and they are carpet bombing. They've, they've dropped more bombs on Gaza Strip than the two nuclear bombs that was dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm. Now, when you flatten buildings, residential sites, churches, schools, mosques, and you say you, are, you want to defeat Hamas, I mean, I don't know what's the size of Hamas, but let's just, uh, let's be, let's be, uh, 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 you know, let's say, for example, the high command is probably about uh, 200 people and the soldiers of Hamas is probably 5,000. Let's, mm. let's be generous and say 5,000. Uh, can I just, uh, uh, Dr. Oscar van Herden, can I just ask you to hold up on that thought for just a second? We need to take a small break and we will be back. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And I'm just ending in for Oliver. He will be back soon. He's just taking a, you know, a well-deserved small break. Um, I've got Luvuyo in East London. Maybe let me take your call and then I'll come back to you, um, uh, Dr. Oscar van Heerden. Uh, Luvuyo, good, good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening, Professor. Um, thank you very much for, for, for taking my call. Um, um, I just wanted to, 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 to add a little bit of contribution. Something I've noticed um, over the past, since October the 7th, is we very much po- uh, polarized as a society. Sorry, Bertha, you're very quiet. Can you still hear me? No, I can hear you. I don't want to interrupt you because I want to hear your point. Okay. Um, so what I wanted to say is it's actually been amazing to me to just see the difference between white and black South Africans. Um, I live in predominantly a very uh, white area, well, suburb, sub, uh, suburban South Africa, right? 
products and um, I have a, I'm a young guy, I've got a, a, a landscaping business. So I'm in a lot of people's um, houses and I get to have a lot of conversations. And I mean, people of different demographics, ages. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously now from working age, right? It's just been amazing to me to see the difference between um, how white South Africans and black South Africans are just viewing this whole thing. Most people without even having all the facts, but it, it, I really think you could divide us into two, two countries. And it's really basically, uh, well, mostly based on where we come from, how we understand rights and how we understand the whole situation. Um, I think it's very hard for, for, for most white South Africans to even empathize with the Palestinian cause because I think subconsciously in the back of their minds, they really do think Israel is right because they think they're right. The problem I think mostly, and I mean now in our country, not even globally, is that white people, and I'm sorry to just, because um, you have to group when you're talking um, about subjects like this or a large group of people. Now, the thing is, people have never, uh, white people have never had to really apologize and input, uh, um, apologize and really um, put themselves in, in, in the shoes of this, uh, people that have been um, marginalized or, or, or occupied, right? Mm. So it's, it's, that's why they lack no empathy. I mean, you started the show, you made a comment about factual evidence that South African government did this, 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 this. You, you, it wasn't a personal opinion. And then unless you haven't even finished your status, you're already getting messages about how you're on one side. I mean, that's just an example of, of, of the type of society we're living in in South Africa. And I think on our country specifically, it's because people will never, especially TRC, the TRC um, led by um, Bishop Desmond Tutu, right? It, it, the, the biggest issue is that white people have never really, really, really um, been, been, been um, how, how can I say this? Been sanctioned, and I mean the the, the, the harsh sanction for, for for the crimes they did against humanity. They they really in the if you're looking at the rhetoric, if you're looking at how people are, if this was another white nation that's done this, the UN would have acted a long time ago. But now because it's people of color, people that they, they think their rights are, are somehow superior to the rights of of, of the other um, nations of this earth, and I mean specifically the people of color. I know um, a lot of people will think I'm wrong by this, but really, there is an issue with, with how we view the, the world. And I think, really, with, with the way things are going, um, and I mean in terms of global geopolitics, the um, power shifting dynamics, and the reawakening of the people of color, I think we really headed for a dark place because we're not, we, we're not our, our, our grandparents and, and those that became after them and before them mostly. We're going to fight. We're not going to take this lying down because it's really wrong how, how, how this whole thing is being viewed and how people are reacting to it. And it, 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 I really think if we, we're not headed for your World War Three, people really need to empathize with the plight of not only Palestinians, but I mean even South Africans because we really, it's a ticking time bomb how our countries run. Yeah. And it's it's, it's, it's re- divided on it was racial lines before, but really now it's an economic, we live in a classless society. And uh, I think it was a report from you guys, maybe in your last news bulletin I heard about, um, I can't remember, Amnesty or whatever, one of these organizations talking about how the richer got richer and the poor. Get. This trend has been going on for most of my life, right? And I was born in 1991. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible because it, 
if it continues this way, the only way we only had it for a doomsday type of situation because we really we really can't find each other anymore. Yeah. And one thing we refuse to do is live in the world where black people and and I mean people of color generally, but specifically the people of the African diaspora are are, are the bottom of the shoe when it comes to uh, international race politics. Yeah. I think we've had it now, really. Thank we've you. had it and. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Thank you very much for no, your time. Luvia, sorry. I had I had to interject there for a second because I'm running out of time and I, I really want to uh, squeeze in everyone. You've made a very pivotal point uh, where you say, you know, as African nations, um, taking a stance, you know, when our country took a stance, it makes a lot of sense because we do not want to see you know, our beloved continent dilapidate right before our eyes just because we don't have the capability of having a conversation without using guns and bombs. I think that is just, you know, if we could take that conversation, that route, I think we could be a better continent. But thank you so much for that point. You've made, you've raised something so, so pivotal there. I think let's go to, um, oh, I've got another question. Maybe, let me come back to you, Dr. Oscar van Hirden. Um, you were about to make a point. I hope you have not lost your, you know, your trail of thought. No, no, no. I was, I was saying, before I just want to respond to Lavuyo, but the point I was making earlier is, let's assume that there's 5,000 soldiers in Hamas. You know, whether they operate in tunnels or they don't operate in tunnels, the truth of the matter is, in a hundred days, the Israeli government, the, the, the Israeli Defense Force, has killed more than 23,000 Palestinians. And, and the claim is that they want to, to deal with Hamas. Now, I'm not sure how you deal with Hamas. You, you, there's, there's, there's competence. Uh, imagine a situation, Bertha, where the National Party government, the apartheid government, said because we want to deal with Mkonto Wesizwe, the military wing of the ANC, we then bomb and flatten the whole of Soweto, we bomb and flatten the whole of uh, Mitchell's Plain um, because we are wanting to deal with Mkonto Wesizwe. Anyone can see that there is something much bigger at play here because there are various ways you can actually go about wanting to deal with combatants that have attacked your country. So that was the point I was going to make. And that is why the South African government in the application is saying that there is genocidal intent. This is about collective punishment. It is about dealing with Palestinians, which they themselves, their high officials in government said are human animals. It must be flattened. No one is innocent. Um, and I think Luria's point is correct. It cannot be correct mm. that 50% of the 23,000-plus people that have been killed are women and children. They've got nothing to do with Hamas. Nothing. So, yeah. I've got Shaka. Now, now, now to come to Luria's point, uh, if mm -hmm. I may. Please do. Luria makes a point, and there's an argument that is going around in the world because this has caught the world's attention, as you know. And there's an argument from various quarters that says the reason why European countries and those countries that you've mentioned, Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, uh, Germany, etc., the reason why they can't see fault with what Israel is doing is because Israel is a settler colonial project. Remember, all settler colonial projects 
more or less came to an end. Uh, we, as South Africa, was still one of the last projects that came to an end as late as the 1990s. But most of them sort of came to an end towards the, the end of the 1960s. The Israeli settler colonial project was the last one that is still active. And mm. the reason why Europeans and the global north supports it, it's exactly as Lebuyo says. They can't see fault with it because that's how they got rich. And by colonizing, by oppressing, by occupying, by killing, maiming, etc. So they don't see anything psychologically wrong with it. And unfortunately, Lebuyo's point is that many, not all, but many white South Africans also see it from that perspective, from that lens. They simply cannot see that what is happening here is wrong. Yeah. Let me just squeeze in Shaka, and I wanted to put in another point. I don't know whether I'll be able to do that uh, before the end of our conversation, um, so that everybody else who who feels we are one-sided can really understand that we are very well-rounded um, in our conversation. And also, it, it's important, if you feel otherwise, you know, calling and, and, and expressing your view is so important. That's the only way we can understand. But Shaka in Bloemfontein is on standby. Um, Shaka, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Uh, good evening, Bertha. Uh, Bertha, uh, you, you can see the, the, the world, you know, this point that the world is becoming a multipolar uh, world, you know, in a, during the, the last uh, century and so on, we had a uni, unipolar, the world in which the West was dominating, the United States and the, the Europe and so on, they were colonizing and, and massacring you know, committing genocide. Virtually every state, United States, uh, Britain, all of them, all all the Western countries are responsible for genocide of millions of of people. So so now that the world is changing towards a multipolar uh, system, I mean, you can you can sense the, the kind of frustration that they are experiencing. They are still clinging, clinging to the old order, and then Israel is like a pivotal point. You know. They have to simply. They they, they feel they, they are in a way bound to Israel. It's like they are, they, they, they you know being bound like with hand, with the you know the, the chains to 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 Israel. They, they cannot desert it. Mm. They cannot even tell it to 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 ease and negotiate a two-state solution. The, the world is not. Is not uh, intent, it, it's serious about a two-state uh, solution. Even if there's a ceasefire and so on, it's going to be very difficult because no one wants to state. Israel doesn't want a state two-state solution. Uh, United States, uh, Britain don't want the two-state solution. They want to exterminate uh, the Palestinians or expel them to Jordan if you are there in the West Bank or expel them to Egypt if they are in Gaza. And of course, there are also other uh, interests as well. You know, oil has been uh, found off the coast of Gaza, and that uh, those extensive uh, gas and oil reserves will replenish uh, the the shortage of uh, gas in, in in Western Europe. If you remember, uh, Russia now their gas was cut off, so the substitute for that gas will be the gas coming from Gaza. So with gas and oil, you must, Gaza or the Palestinians must kiss goodbye to the two-state solution. 
this is the worst oppression you can ever. They, they are unanimous in their genocide. I mean, all the parties are in genocide. And then the thing is, I mean, there's no Hamas is just an, an excuse. You know, the, the genocide has started long time ago. It has been there for a very long time, and mm. you know, they're flimsy. The uh, reasons that Israel is giving because Israel was has always been dominating the thought of processes of people. They are they got a, a massive propaganda machines. The CNNs, yeah. and the Fox News, and all the major television stations are owned by Jewish. Uh, the, uh, the, the people who are connected to the Jewish lobby. So they yeah. have got a massive propaganda campaign controlling the minds of people to believe in whatever they, they do. Yeah, also, Shaka. What is assisting is Shaka. the Christian Zionism. Yeah, yeah Shaka. It's mainly in the United States and in other religious groups. Christian Zionism simply rationalizes what Israel is doing without even questioning. Yeah. Shaka, it unfortunately, is, we have to leave it at this point because I've really run, I run out of time. I think I've exceeded uh, my first part of the show uh, by about almost seven minutes. But your point has been taken and your view absolutely important. And um, to um, our guest, that is Dr. Oscar van Herden, international relations expert. Thank you so much for uh, chatting to us this evening. It's a pity that, you know, we we didn't even get to the better part of the, sh uh, the questions that I had for you, you know, basically like touching on the impact uh, that this matter will have on international law and also the side of Israel where they feel Hamas is not fighting fairly because they had to struggle to find the rebels that they're calling the rebels because they live amongst citizens and they had no choice but then to, you know, to fight in the manner that they fought so that they could get their citizens back. And that's also, you know, another aspect of the story. Hopefully in the near future, will be able to have that discussion in um, in full view so that, you know, we look at it from a bird's eye view. But thank you so much, Dr. Oscar van Herden, for joining us.